0: Well, good afternoon and welcome to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grody, your host for this weekly program uh, that I am able to come to you over EWTN radio. It's a great privilege. It's something that I thoroughly enjoy for a number of reasons. One, because I love studying Scripture, uh, studying the Word of God, hearing how God is trying to speak to us, challenge us, each each of us in our lives. The beauty of of the Bible is uh, that the same verse can... uh, can hit us all uh, different ways because of the different situations that God has placed us in. And so we can study the same verse over and over again over many years and, and find that we've been touched by it in different ways. But again, as I've said for the last couple of years in this program, we've got to make sure that we study the word within the context in which we've received it, and then that is the church. And so if anything, that's one of the keys of this program. Um uh, the other reason I love doing this program is because of the guests that uh, I'm able to be with every week. And particularly this week, uh, I'm excited to introduce you to someone that uh, I just consider it a great privilege to have become his friend. It's someone that I never dreamed that I would ever become a friend to. It was someone that I had listened to all the time when I was young, uh, someone that, I'm quite sure every one of you listening has heard at least once, if not a hundred times in your life. Uh, You may not have expected that I would have this particular person join me on Deep in Scripture, but it's a pleasant surprise to say that not only uh, is it good to have him on Deep in Scripture, but this is a great place for him to join me. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Dion Demucci. Dion Tamucci, Who's Dion Tomuchi? Well, I'm telling you, you know him by Dion. Dion is one of the most recognizable rock and roll singers, songwriters. Uh, Dion hit the music scene in the late 50s with a string of top 10 hits by his group Dion and the Belmonts. Are, do you know who I'm talking about now? He was voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1989, he is best known for his chart-topping songs such as The Wanderer, I Wonder Why, A Teenager in Love, Where or When, and and I I do have to admit one of my favorites of Dion's songs is Abraham, Martin, and John. He, he though, is also a man with a compelling faith journey. That's led him to re-embrace the Catholic faith of his youth. If you want more information about Dion and his music and his spiritual journey, you can visit his website at DionDeMucci.com. Dot com. We spell it D I O N D I M U C C I dot com. You can also go to our website, Deepinscripture dot com, and get all this information. See a picture of Dion there holding his, his uh, guitar. And uh, you can actually be watching this program on the internet if you'd like to join that. We well, First, before I get in discussion with Dion, I want to remind you that we'd love to have your phone calls. You can call us at 800 664 5110 or you can call us at 740-450-1175, or you can send me an email at, at com. I got to meet Dion a number of years ago. I was speaking on a crew, a Catholic cruise. Uh, I had been invited to go along on the cruise to give some talks. And when we were on the cruise, it was, I hate to use the word coincidental, but it just so happens that Dion and his wife... Susan, we're on that cruise and we got connected and one of the joys of my life was being able to sit and play the keyboard while to accompany Dion as he sang Abraham, Martin, and John. It's just, Dion, if you're hearing me, I'm just saying it's a great, it was a great privilege. Uh, I've been a musician all my life, but uh, I pale in comparison to what Dion has been able to accomplish. And the beauty is that the Lord through what he enabled Dion to accomplish by awakening again his spiritual reality is then allowing Dion to use those avenues to spread his love for Jesus Christ and the church. So Dion's going to join us after the break but for this program we asked him which scriptures he'd like to talk about and uh, he his two verses that he chose as quote, the verses he never saw, the verses that helped him return to the church of his youth, are the top two verses I keep on my list of the verses that awakened me to the church. So he and I are at least on the same page there. I can't uh, uh, keep a chord, a strum a chord to be able to play with him, but when it comes to scripture, we're on the same page there. First Timothy 3.15, Second Thessalonians 2.15. Let me read those and we'll take a break and then Dion will join us. So 1 Timothy 3.15, let me read, in fact, let me back up just a little bit and start with verse 14, just so you get the context of this passage. 1 Timothy 3.14, Paul says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these instructions to you so that if I am delayed, you may know how one ought to believe, excuse me, how ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God the pillar and bulwark of the truth. And then the second verse, which he chose, is 2 Thessalonians 2.15. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. you're listening to Deep in Scripture, this is Marcus Grody, your host, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. journey home over 2000 years ago a sacred event occurred in a little town called bethlehem join marcus for a christmas special when he welcomes lifelong catholic bishop robert j baker to the show that's on the next journey home only on ewtn the journey home is seen and heard around the world on ewtn for dates and times in your area log on to ewtn.com
1: If you enjoy the Journey Home television program on EWTN, you'll want to purchase a copy of Marcus Grody's book, Journey's Home. Journey's Home contains the conversion stories of men and women who, as a result of their surrender to Jesus Christ, heard a call to follow him more completely in the Catholic Church. Many of them were Protestant pastors or missionaries. Others were laymen who, though working in secular jobs, took their calling to serve Christ in the world very seriously. To order your copy of Marcus Grody's book, Journey's Home, simply visit our website at www.chresources.com or call us toll free at
0: 1-800-664-5110. Hello, welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Grody, your host, and I have the great privilege of being joined today by Dion DiMucci. Hello, Dion, are you there?
2: Hey Marcus. Good to be
0: with you. Oh, it's great to have you on the program. I uh, I remember the first time that you were on Journey Home. You've been on twice, and it's been a pleasure both times. I remember the first time uh, that you had a chance to sing The Wanderer with my audience. Uh, <laughs> even though the audience wasn't mic'd, we got your side of the song. But
2: <laughs> uh a lot of fun. Those songs were written back in the Bronx about some, you know, all the characters in the Bronx, and I had a lot to write about. <laughs> well, let me
0: before we get into the scriptures. I I know a good portion of the audience uh, it, just hearing your voice, we recognize your voice, uh, but they probably didn't realize your early Catholic upbringing. Talk a bit about, just a little bit about your background, if you would. And then also, what happened to it?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Kind of uh, give you an idea of uh, my beginnings there, because a lot of people ask me, how does a, uh, an Italian kid from the Bronx, <laughs> Catholic, get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and keep his faith and love the church, you know? <laughs> and... Uh, It's funny because my my parents were not religious. My grandparents were not religious. Well, I had uh, a grandmother on my mother's side who was probably uh, an evangelical, Pentecostal, you know, just. (laughs) She was at church every day, but she died early on in my life. But maybe her prayers got me, kept me going. Uh, I uh, grew up in the Bronx. It's just, you know, it's an Italian neighborhood. Uh, that I come out of, and uh, the church, Mount Carmel Catholic Church, was in the, like the hub of the neighborhood. So it kind of washed over me, even though I didn't go. I wasn't, you know, my family wasn't religious. Some of my aunts go go to church, and but it's in your bones. It's like being Jewish or Italian or anything. It's it's in your bones in some way. Um, you know, and I. Fell in love with uh, blues and country music when I was younger, and started singing at some of the church dances and like that. But you know, like any youngster growing up uh, back in the fifties, there I started. Uh, all my friends, we started drinking, dabbing, and you know, pills and and drugs and and stuff in the gangs, you know. And uh, <clears throat> I, I sort of, you know, the. The cool of the streets and the kind of pulled me pulled me away from the church. Even though I had uh, Monsignor Petroni used to stand outside of the church, a Montcalm Catholic Church. Every time I passed by, he would. This is where I got, I I think, a lot of seeds were sown, because every time I'd pass the church, he'd say, yo, Dion, come over here. And I'd, I'd walk over, he'd say, what's this new movie, Rebel Without a Cause, with James Dean? I'd say, oh, it's a good movie, Monsignor. Marcus, I'm talking 1955. He'd say, why rebel without a cause? Rebel for the truth, Dion, then you got something. I'd say, Oh, okay, Monsignor. And then the next time I'd walk by, I'd say, Dion, what makes a man happy? And I'd say, oh, Monsignor, if I could buy this new guitar, this J200 Gibson, if I could get a hit record, if I could get a T-Bird with uh, bucket seats and wire chrome wheels, if I could get a date with Susan. She just moved down from Vermont. Monsignor, she's a righteous fox. If I could get a date, you know, and I'm a, I'm a teenager. Yep. He'd say, no, Dion, the, the virtuous man is a happy man. I'd say, oh, thanks for reminding me. I had no idea what truth <laughs> or virtue was, mind you. And I'd walk away, and I had no idea what it was, you know. But got planted in my mind some way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the virtuous man is a happy man. What what is he talking about? Okay. Anyway I, I you know, with the gangs and everything and the drugs and everything and you know I got, got hit records and I was travelling all over the country and all over the world actually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh somewhere along the line. I hit a bottom. With all this success, I made a couple of million dollars when I was like 21. Oh. And I'm talking about when a million was a million, Marcus.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm yeah, talking now about $10. now. <laughs> so, uh,
2: and I was empty. I said, well, you know what? Something's... And I thought if you... And I, I really, uh, you know, was in a whirlwind because I got a hit record, and then I got another one and another one. That's not easy. Yeah. Then Run Around Sue, then The Wanderer, then Ruby Baby. And I I had about 12 top 10 records. Not an easy feat. Yeah. Right. But somewhere in the mid-60s, very empty. You get lost in the soup <laughs> with everybody else, you know, doing this and doing that, and you just lost in a very and sometimes in a very sophisticated way because you think you know everything Mm -hmm. especially rock and rollers we pride ourselves on the truth and freedom and a lot of us don't know what either one is so in the coming into the late 60s i kind of hit a bottom spoke to uh my father-in-law who got me to go to an a.a. meeting Mm -hmm. And I went into this uh, program, and uh, it's a spiritually-based 12-step program. It's not working these steps, and I had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And they're based on the uh, disciplines of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's almost like if you take these steps, 1 through 12, you and there's a lot of these programs out there that... It, it positions you to receive this wonderful free gift. Uh, it's like you take these 12 steps and you're under the spout where the glory comes out, you know. <laughs> and it happened for me. And I had this wonderful awakening. Uh, I said, God, it would be nice to be closer to you. And man, the sky opened up. And a white light went off in the pit of my chest, and I've never been the same. It's been, oh, you know, I've been right. clean and sober maybe 41 years, yep. and never. I'm a total miracle because being from the Bronx, Marcus, Bronx, New York, my nature—I don't know if I'm if I'm generalizing, but—and I probably am—but <laughs> my nature is cynical, critical, skeptical, argumentative. Not to mention macho, because nobody's going to tell me anything. I know everything. (laughs) So it was the grace of God that enabled me or broke through this wall of resentments and excuses and uh, being wise in my own eyes, so wise in my own eyes. And he broke through. And I've never been the same since. And I didn't know how rebellious I really was until that happened.
0: lena you know, you know, there's a, a a story in the Old Testament, it's in the Book of Wisdom, about uh, guys who make idols, all right? and And they talked in that sense about making an idol out of stone or wood and then It begins as just a reminder of his lost son. This is the story in wisdom. In time, though, the guy begins worshiping that piece of rock, becomes the center of his life. And I'm wondering if one of the things that happened to you during this awakening was an awareness that all of the success wasn't just you, but it was the mercy of God, because my guess is a lot of what happens to a lot of these people that get this kind of success in music or is that they start patting themselves on the back so much? Look dangerous. What, look dangerous, what I've done. Dangerous. Look how good I am. Look what a great singer, great writer. Look what I've accomplished. But I, I sense yeah, in knowing you that you came to realize that it wasn't you; it was Jesus.
2: Oh, you know, Marcus, this this is you. You've hit like a a real. Uh, just profound point, you know, that that goes down to that. Because I'm, I'm around the biggest stars in the business. Yeah. I just did uh, Madison Square Garden with all the Rock and Roll Hall and Fame inductees. We did a benefit for the Rock and Roll Hall. Oh, that's fan. right. I think
0: that was on HBO, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: And everyone, it was like a reunion. But and, and there's wonderful people, and I, I love them dearly, but you get wise in your own eyes. You think it's you. <laughs> you think you're special. You forget, you know, if you just ask, you, what's making me think, or where did that song come from? I was talking to Billy Joel the other day. I said, Billy, I said, he was telling me that uh, I love you just the way you are, the song he wrote. He yeah. says, I get a little tired of writing it, I said, or uh, singing it. I said, man, that song sounds like it came right from the throne of the throne room of God. <laughs> you yeah. know, I love you just the way you are. I said, yeah. it's just, it just it's such a beautiful, perfect song. I said, uh, I, I hope you never get tired of singing it. It's a wonderful song. Yeah. But I think you're right, and and this is the miracle that I say that that I, I'm a miracle because I think most people most guys i know uh something happens to them they get some excuses somebody does this or says that and they and they buy the lie and they keep it like it's truth in their head and i tried to tell them listen the church is like a lighthouse if the manager of the lighthouse is a scoundrel and cheating and lying and uh, maybe even came on to your wife, you don't throw the lighthouse out. That lighthouse, it, it would be treacherous or yeah. uh, disastrous not to, to, to chalk it off, yeah. to throw it away. You know, when Bill Clinton fell from grace, we don't throw the presidency out or democracy out. Right, right. We don't scratch the Yankees if the coach is bad or a few players on the team are uh, crazy. We don't give up baseball, God forbid. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm saying you you don't understand the church was started from above. It wasn't started by man. It was started by the Son of God. Who came to teach us how to receive and love, and it's it's profound. the, the teaching, the the truth they say, I think uh, I've heard you quote it uh, from uh, uh, John uh, Newman. That he that he said, you know, there's millions of people who hate the church.
0: Oh yeah, that's but that's there's only but a
2: few. Uh, but they they yep. hate what's what they think it teaches yep. and what they believe it is. But it, it it's a it's a misconception. There's only but a few who hate it and know what it truly teaches.
0: Now, for you, you came back to Jesus in this awakening that you're talking about. But it took you a while to, to come back to the Catholic Church, right?
2: Well, you know, I went into uh, a, a church called Calvary Chapel yeah. when I first got born again, converted, mm-hmm. yeah. when, I, when, I, when I come into a personal relationship with Christ, you yeah. know. Um, and I I went into Calvary Chapel. Wonderful, beautiful people. Greg Laurie yeah. is one of my closest friends. Great teacher, beautiful man, and they have they have wonderful uh, ministry. You know, and I, the way I see it right now, it's. It's, they're not in the fullness of the faith, but there's people that love the Lord, or what they right. know of, of, of him. You know, right. to me, like, they're Catholic and they don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll explain that. Um, uh, you know, uh, and, and you, you go into a church like that, and they teach you that the Word of God is most important. It is, it is the primary source and summit. It is infallible. It is inerrant. The Word of God. It's true. And this is what we follow. And it's wonderful. You go into this church and you start underlying Scripture and you start finding your way around. And I could. And I tell you, if I weren't, wasn't in uh, Protestant church, uh, denominations for 18 years, I wouldn't be the Catholic I am today. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Uh, I know they would have brought you. Again, the, the group you're talking about, a love for Jesus Christ, a love for Scripture, uh, a recognition to share that with others, you know, evangelization. And uh, before we go to break, I want to do one question with you, Dion. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. That third line, I, I'd like you to talk a bit about acknowledge Him in all your ways. I I think that, again, from my coming to know you over the years, that one of the things that you discovered in your awakening is that the opportunities God has given you with your music, your fame, your access to people is to see ways in which you can acknowledge Him in everything you do. Could you talk about that?
2: Well... For instance, I love the blues. I love country music. I, lo- you know, I, I, it's it's what it's the foundation of everything I do. You take you take a form uh, like the blues. I, I think is God given. It's three chords. You could express anything. <laughs> you could express your loves, your joys, your hates, your fears, your loneliness, your your seeking. Any anything any. Anything you want to express, uh, you want to use a sense of humor, the, the form will, you could use it till the end of time. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> limitless. But the blues, I, I define it as the naked cry of the human heart longing to be in union with God. Uh, yep. Because he gave us uh, music to use on the journey home. <laughs> We're on this journey home. And we, if, every, if we internalize everything, we we would just get all twisted up. But music gives you the ability to to reach out and and express yourself and and get it out. It, it's it's healthy, you know. Uh, and in it, you know, I've come to see where I, I love to express what's beautiful, good, mm-hmm. and true. You know, um, and uh, music is a. It's it's just a a worldwide communications tool. You know,
0: it's just... uh, Well, it's like St. Augustine said, when when you sing, you pray twice. Um,
2: I I, I think so. I I believe There's something
0: unique about it, and with that beautiful gift is a responsibility to use it appropriately. And, you know, you know guys out there that they're using the gift of music, but they're not proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, or they're not even... I mean, some of the songs you sing... May not mention God's name, but they're talking about love, or they're talking about sacrifice, they're talking about pain, they're talking about. But there are people out there using music to promote a whole bunch of other stuff.
2: Well, music has no morality. Uh, it's just a. It's just a form. It's like a car. Yeah. You could. It's a great. It's a great instrument, but it could be a, a four thousand pound weapon if you use it incorrectly. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's like drugs. Uh. You know, you could you could. Yeah. <laughs> you use them correctly in a hospital when somebody's undergoing an operation, but you could abuse them in in ways where you you just distort your mind and you could ruin your life with with uh, or food or anything, you know. Uh, but you you could you could sell anything with music, cars, hamburgers. Uh, it's yeah, right. <laughs> it's just the form. So it's wonderful to. Uh, uh, to have, you know, to be, I I like to lift people up, try to take them to higher ground and touch their hearts, you know.
0: We'll we'll take a break. Dan, when we come back, let's look at those two verses you chose, and and I'll ask you, why did you choose those verses, all right? Let's go first to the break, though, and we'll be with you in a moment. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Groda. I'm joined today by Dion DiMucci, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. EWTN.com is online with program information, the latest news, Pope Benedict XVI, plus tools for living the faith like prayers, Catholic Q&A, and other resources. Log on today to EWTN.com.
1: Follow the compelling journey of one man who became a Church of Christ minister and found himself entering the Catholic Church. Bruce Sullivan shares his conversion story in his new book titled, Christ in His Fullness. In this book, he communicates a passionate love for Christ and the inexhaustible treasures of grace found in the Catholic Church. Perhaps you too will discover the same riches in the fullness of Christ. To order a copy of this book for yourself or a friend, please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org or call us at 1-800-664-5110.
0: Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi. I am joined today by Dion DeMucci. It's a great privilege to have you with us, Dion. Hey, I've got an email uh, from Randy in Brownsville, Texas, and he says, Marcus, I have been a fan of Dion since junior high, a truly great artist. Makes it even sweeter to learn he is a devout Catholic Christian. My question is, how does he handle fellow artists who are atheists, secularists, or just non-believers? Great program. Please, Peace be with you both at this most blessed time of year. Thanks, Randy, for your email. What do you think, Dion?
2: Hey, you love people. You uh, you pray for them. You you, uh, you try to infiltrate the culture. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but what we were talk? Could I get back to what we were talking about? Of course. Before? We were talking about uh, being in all these uh, uh, different churches that love the Word of God. Yeah, and uh, lift it up and lift and uh, in fact the scriptures are the sole source of faith. And uh, so infallible, inerrant, yep. the word of God, true. But then I went from North Miami, I moved up here a little north uh, north of that, and I started going to a Presbyterian church. And at a Bible study, I started talking about everything I learned Uh, You know, they'd they'd ask questions, and I'd answer them, and people would look at me like I had four eyes. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, what's wrong with this? You know, and uh, they had a whole set of different beliefs. And then you find out that there's 37,000 denominations out there that all believe in something a little different, different interpretation. So they all believe in the Word of God, but... Who believes you get baptized this way? This is the way you get saved. This is what the Lord's Supper means. It's very different. Mm -hmm. So it was a little confusing for me. And then I started, uh, I made some albums, some gospel albums. I made six of them. And loved it. They're very Christ-centered and just very uplifting. And actually, the the theology in all of them are uh, are not bad. You know, they're they're spot on. (laughs) Yeah. I kept it simple. (laughs) But the primary issue became authority. What is truth, and who has the authority to define it? Was it the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Lutheran Church? Which one? Which one was right? And uh, I started searching the Scriptures to... uh, to find an answer to that. And that's how I came upon that, that verse in Timothy where it says the pillar and foundation of truth is the church. And I thought, the church? What church? <clears throat> and then I started looking through the scriptures and I, I started seeing when somebody wasn't acting appropriately in, a chur- in, in, in church, they would have somebody talk to him. Where well, they 'd talk to him or bring a few people to talk to him, and if he didn 't straighten up, they would excommunicate him out of the church. <laughs> but where I was sitting, you could throw somebody out of the Baptist church he walks across the street to the Methodist church yeah. yeah so i i this this thing the church was a curious thing to me, mm-hmm. and I started uh looking through the scriptures uh, because and then I started hearing things from like the Pope, who said uh, relative, relativism is the is the, uh, the biggest problem we have right now. Everybody defining their own truth, and this is what I I started seeing that everybody was sort of their own Pope. They had a Bible, but everybody interpreted it their own way, you know, any way they felt, you know. And Peter, the apostle Peter, Saint Peter. I started seeing in his letters that he warned against private interpretation and that a lot of people misinterpret things to their own destruction and teach others the wrong way. So (laughs) I started reading. um, Do you have time to hear this?
0: Oh, yeah. No, this is great. I I started
2: reading back because I started going out with my friends and I, I would ask them, about christians that died for the faith before you know protestant denominations got sta- started so to speak before the lutheran church or the uh i said you know and before luther there's 1500 years of church history do you ever think of those people <laughs> no 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 one i even as i started looking back there you you, you find people like saint jerome who translated the Bible twice, once from Greek to Latin. Then he learned Hebrew from a rabbi and translated it from from Hebrew to Latin. No one knows who this guy is. He's part of my family, I'm thinking. And you start seeing all these people that died for the faith. What did they believe? They didn't carry Bibles. They didn't have printing presses what did they believe so i started reading back and i started seeing that there was an authority and that there was uh, a certain but especially about the lord's supper that they would talk about this is the body and blood soul and divinity of christ don't don't receive this from anybody so what happened is This is a curious thing. (laughs) This I find very, like, this is what really got me. Talk about verses. This wasn't a verse, but it it got me, because Mm -hmm. I was going to a Presbyterian church, and on the the envelope, the collection envelope, it said, unity in the essentials, Mm -hmm. liberty in the Mm non-essentials, and charity and love in all things. So I'm driving home, I'm looking at that and I'm or thinking about it. And I started thinking, well, the essentials, they must mean the virgin birth, the crucifixion, the resurrection, mm-hmm. the essential, you know, there's certain uh, beliefs about our faith, you know. And I, yep. I, and here I am defining the essentials.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> I, I was defining them. And, and then I dismissed it because I thought I defined them in my head. Then, being I was reading history, and uh, I think uh, Newman said, if you're steeped in history, you'll cease to become Protestant.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: So what happened was I found out that that quote, unity in the essentials, liberty in the non-essentials, and charity in all things, was a St. Augustine quote. Yep. And St. Augustine was that at that illustrious, a council of Hippo, where they put the Bible together yep. in the late 300s, where they put the canon together, what books belong, what books don't belong. The church put the Bible together. The church gives us the Bible, not the Bible gives us the church. So I'm thinking, I wonder, this is a St. Augustine quote. <laughs> I said, so I started reading St. Augustine. I found out that he defined the essentials, and they were authority and the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Yep. I said, "My Lord," I said, "I'm way off here. What? <laughs> I didn't even have those two in the mix." Yep. So I start reading a little more, and uh, it, it's it just it started amazing me that you know, how far out I was, that, uh, like I said, the primary issue became authority. What is truth, and who has the authority to define it? Then you come across that verse, the pillar and foundation of truth is the church. And I started looking at the Catholic Church, which I really didn't want to look at. (laughs) Don't ask me why. I just had no, I, I just didn't. Yeah. Couldn't care, but I was I was watching. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but when did your program start? It's Journey Di- Home.
0: Journey Home started in uh, September '97.
2: Well, I must have been watching it back then. That really solidified something for me. You had a you had a, an Episcopal priest on named John Haas.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. And he was Great talking guess.
2: about that no one that the you know the buck stopped nowhere in his church there was no one to resolve conflict and uh uh you know and just just different opinions and mm-hmm. and uh, all these things were raging in his church and there was there was there was nobody there to uh to settle and resolve disputes and controversies and uh a Catholic, he was talking to a Dominican priest, and the priest asked him, well, who's the authority in your church? And he knew what he was getting at. <laughs> he, said, he said, you know, the, the faith and practice of the early undivided church uh, is our authority. Yep. And, and the priest said to him, uh, no, who, who's the living authority in your church, uh, the living voice of authority? And he said there wasn't any, and that's why yep. you can't resolve and settle disputes and controversies. There, there's no there's no authority. It's all over the place. It's like giving everybody uh, the Constitution and the uh, Declaration of Independence, and you you know everybody interpret it for yourself. We don't have a Supreme Court. You know, it's like nuts. So, and and what happens is it seems that. Each individual believer had to acquire enough knowledge on his own in order to find the church uh, that would lead him to salvation, instead of accepting the church that Christ started. So then you read a little more, and you start seeing where Christ gave the keys to Peter, where he started a church. <laughs> you know, he, he, he started a church to... Uh, Bind and and loose and and uh, uh, just you know teach truth. You didn't have to agree with it, but it was there. Uh, and I, I, the way I, you know, you see where he gives the keys to Peter, and the and the church forgives. They allow. They exclude. They bring people in. They release. They they uh, legislate. They. Uh, Adjudicate, they, 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 they yeah. do it. They, yeah. you know, they have the right to do it because Christ grafted Peter into Himself. And uh, I started looking at that, and you start seeing that uh, when when Christ said at the end of of the, of the Book of Matthew, he says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching, and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, he says teaching them. He doesn't say go out and hand out Bibles. Teaching them everything I've commanded you. So that's how you get to those two verses in Thessalonians, yep. where, where it says uh, you could read them if you...
0: Sure, you. sure. it's, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. All right? Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, it recognizes this, this, uh, the transmission of the, of the truth... Uh, was originally word of mouth, uh, preached from pulpits and then passed on from apostles to disciples. And the writing down was a part of that tradition, but really wasn't the essential part of it. It it came later.
2: He also says in Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned, and that's tradition, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, and he's talking about the Old Testament. Right. Because this wasn't written yet. Which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So he doesn't say it's the sole source. He says it's it's profitable mm-hmm. for teaching, for reproof, for correction. So, uh, and the idea that that Jesus uh, prayed for us and said, I'll be with you till the end of time, and the infallible divinence of the Holy Spirit will guide you to the end of the age. Now, either his prayer didn't work, and we all have to <laughs> kind of reinvent the wheel, Yeah. Well, we take it on authority that he actually did start a church. It's intact, and it's working very well uh, if you accept it. And, uh, see, the problem is, I don't know about you, Marcus. <laughs> I, I'm on the ground here running into a lot of guys that, <laughs> you know, have all kinds of excuses, like I said, resentments, yeah. And yeah. all kinds of. Crazy ideas and misconceptions and and they go on and on and on, but yeah. nobody sees the church. Mm-hmm. They really can't it looks totally different when you're inside at the center of it looking out instead of outside kicking and screaming and thinking you know something. It doesn't look the same at all. And, and so you... I see the beauty and the majesty and the, the wonder. Mm. You know the the awe, and I, I love the church.
0: And you had said earlier in the program you talked about you don't throw out a baseball team just because the because the a, a key player or the coach aren't aren't the best or right. Um, and the church is. Made up of men and women, you and me, Dion. I mean, uh, the church didn't get that much holier when you and I joined it. You know,
2: I don't think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean, it's us. All the way they, to the top. We're all sinners uh, in need of absolutely. grace.
2: Absolutely. And uh, it's just an amazing, um, um, it works. And uh, God knew. He knew what he was doing. He, yeah. you see, once you see it, you say, wow, did he he knew everything we needed and uh, when you see the the sacraments uh and Jesus is the sacrament of the father he embodies all those sacraments the idea of forgiveness and uh you know the one thing you asked me a question and yeah. i was thinking about it in other words how do you sustain or the fellow from texas too how do, yeah. you, how do you navigate through uh the world and all its temptations, and and the people in it who are, you know, what guys think are important, and you know, all the stuff out there that's visible, you know. Uh, well, the thing that's that I find is like at the center of my faith. It's like if you hear the word of God, if you hear if you hear people that have faith and believe and are strong and they're and they're positive, and they're, and they're intelligent, and they're, uh, they understand the faith. You always feel good in your mind after talking to them. They, they, they uplift you. They're, for some reason, I used to even go to meetings, these 12-step mm-hmm. uh, uh, spiritual-based meetings. Every time I left the meeting, I felt good. Mm-hmm. Because for an hour, you hear people talking about solutions and helping each and you know, that journey home, that journey towards God. So you always feel good in your mind. You hear these beautiful things. And what happens is whatever you're thinking of, your emotions will feel. So your mind and your emotions, you feel good. You walk out, you feel like you have a warm blanket around you. But there's a thing called the will (laughs) in the middle of of the mind and the emotions. And in the, you know, the mind thinks, the emotions feel, but the will chooses. And mine was kind of broken, or very weakened, or, uh, you know, just, you know, you just don't, you're not clear on a lot of decisions. But what happens being Catholic, is the Eucharist strengthens the will. Yeah. Yeah. It really firms up your chooser. And in,
0: it, and in fact, let me just add that, just to add to that, Dion, that almost everything that the church instructs us to do uh, in the disciplines of the church are specifically for what you're talking about. I mean, why is it that we give up something on Friday? It's to train the will. It's exactly what you're talking the, the, the sacraments give us the grace to empower the will to make the right choices, but we still have to have to use that. And so we sacrifice, we make choices, uh, we set things aside. Fasting is a, is a little way of every day um, uh, training that will to make the right choices. Dion, let's take a break. We come back, I got another email, and uh, I want to ask you to to give some words of encouragement to people out there who are struggling in the midst of the world, how, how a, a Hall of Fame rocker can help them understand how to be faithful in the midst of a challenging world. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Deep in Scripture. This is your host, Marcus Grodi. I'm joined today by Dion DiMucci, and you're hearing us on EWTN, your global Catholic radio network. <clears throat>
1: please visit our website, www.chnetwork.org or contact us at
0: 1-800-664-5110. Welcome back to Deep in Scripture. This is Marcus Groda, your host for this program, joined today by Deanne DiMucci. Deanne, while you were talking earlier about uh, uh, you know the problem of, of misreading Scripture, but you also mentioned that most of the verses in the Bible, when it uses the word Scripture, refer to the Old Testament, reminded me that today, December 23rd, in the Office of Readings, which is part of Liturgy of the Hours, the reading is from a treatise by St. Hippolytus, Hippolytus, who died around 230 A.D. So in other words, he lived toward the end of the second century. He was a, you know, a leader in the church before the canon of Scripture was was defined. And he made this statement. We should believe them. He's talking about the Scriptures. Uh, it is He said, it is our duty to become acquainted with what Scripture proclaims and to investigate his teachings thoroughly. We should believe them in the sense that the Father wills thinking of the son in the way the father wills and accepting teaching he wills to give us with regard to the Holy Spirit. Sacred scripture is God's gift to us and it should be understood in the way that he intends. We should not do violence to it by interpreting it according to our own preconceived ideas. Oh boy. So there he is. He's also recognizing immediately even in the second century, that people were running with Scripture, interpreting it the way they wanted. And, of course, that was a letter he was writing against one of the early heresies. So it's the same problem. Here we are 2,000 years later.
2: Uh, well, the, you know, the popes, John Paul II and Benedict, both said that relativism mm-hmm. is the biggest problem today, everybody defining their own truth. Mm-hmm. I try to tell my, some of my friends, I say, listen, I accept the theory of relativity. Uh, you know, yep. Einstein come up with that. He, uh, <laughs> the evolution of physics, and and I, I because of the author- and people that respect, and and I know yep. two and two equals four. I accept it. Yep. I you know I just on good authority I I accept some you know, great doctors and, and their inroads in medicine and you know. And, getting you well keeping you healthy i accept it on good authority and uh, the son of god came to show us how to love be loved and how to you know and how to live and uh, be free and i <laughs> i i accept it on the authority of of the church. He star i you know i don't try to take the book run down to the the nearest uh strip center down here the uh uh, yeah you know and you know find find some place to open up a church where I could preach and somebody could play the organ and I'd probably come up with some good stuff but I wouldn't be in the fullness yeah. of of uh the teaching and truth you know
0: Hey, I got uh, an email just when well, we're running out of time I want to make sure to get this in this came actually from a daughter of our producer here at EWTN, uh, coming home network she sent uh uh, it's from Holly. She says, hello, I'd love to know if and how Dion manages to find time to attend Mass while he's on the road. We love your show. Merry Christmas the Shulton family.
2: Well, you know, when, when something's important to you and it's a priority, you make time, yeah. you know. And uh, I heard you say this once, uh, Marcus, because one of my favorite scriptures when I was uh, running around to different denominations was uh, uh, in John... Uh, the 15th chapter where he says, you know, if you abide in me and Jesus is the, you know, the the foundation, the tree, the, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, you abide in me and you, you know, you could get a lot of things done. You know, you could, you can't do anything on your own, but if you abide in me, you'll stay healthy, powerful, wisdom, everything, health, everything comes from him. But if you, but in the sixth chapter going back. Yeah. It tells you how you abide in him he says if you drink my blood eat my body you will have life and you. you will abide in me mm-hmm. you know abide and that's how you abide uh otherwise you're in <laughs> that part of it yeah. and uh uses the same word back there mm-hmm. and you know i it's it's to me it's a it's it's beautiful. There's a lot of liberty and freedom. Like I was saying before, rock and rollers they pride themselves on being free and truthful, and a lot of them don't know what either one of those things are. Yeah. freedom is the ability to choose the good, to choose God's will, not anything you want to do because it'll kill you. You know, and uh, Jesus said, if you listen. He who listens to you listens to me. So I, I listen to the church. When I hear the church speak, I hear the voice of Christ echoing the Father's will and wisdom. And there's such freedom in that structure and that formality. I thought There was a time I thought it would bind me up, but it doesn't. It frees you.
0: Well, that was a gift that, that God gave you in his grace to open your heart to see that. Dion, yeah. we've run out of time. You can hear the music. And you know Music better than anybody I know. So thanks, Dean, for joining us on Deep in Scripture. And uh, Dean, thank you for your work, too, and your witness. And I uh, have to have you back sometime, maybe play a couple songs next time you join me on the program. Those of you listening Deep in Scripture, thanks a lot. And uh, have a, a Merry Christmas. God bless.